you know, the best thing about a partnership is they should be complementary to each other. So there's probably going to be a significant amount of roles where he or she is good at one, two, and three, and you are not good at those things. You're good at A, B, and C, and they are not good at those things. So let that be the low-hanging fruit that you start with in dividing up the roles. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. Today, I'm going to tell you all about how I navigate my business relationships, whether it is working with family or how I really made sure that my business partner, Matt, and I were going to be a great set of partners when we decided to launch this app, Frello, together. Now, you're going to hear these extracts, if you will, that came from a series called 20 Questions that I did with my buddy, Danny Hoffelman. He runs The Good in Media, and they come to the house, and they'll ask 20 strategic questions and pull the information out of Lori and I, and then they turn it into social media and into podcast episodes just like this one. So give me feedback. Let me know how you like getting my opinions on these questions. It's just like a solo episode only. The questions get teed up and you'll hear a little bit of Danny's voice in there. Also, you're going to hear just how Matt and I sat down and made sure that we were going to be great business partners together as we build and launch Frello, which is the peer-to-peer personal loan app where we're matching those who have urgent financial needs and those who have the means to quickly lend to them with their financial needs and facilitating that movement of the money back and forth. Everybody that we share this with is like blown away. It's basically Uber for personal loans. And we are attracting all sorts of celebrity and big time investors left and right. If you want to be a part of this seed round that we're doing, if you are an accredited investor, basically that means that you've made over $200,000 the past two years as an individual or over $300,000 the past two years each year as a couple or that you have a million dollar investable net worth or higher. That means you're an accredited investor. If you're an accredited investor and you want to be considered to invest in Frello, then go ahead and go fill out the really quick application at FrelloApp.com forward slash invest. Again, that is FrelloApp.com forward slash invest. F-R-E-L-L-O-A-P-P.com forward slash invest. Fill out the quick app there and we'll send you an email and jump on a call. All right, guys, let me know how you like this format. Business relationships, how to navigate them. Here we go. You have worked with your wife, your brother, different business partners at different times. How do you set up a successful partnership from the beginning? I've had a lot of experiences with partnerships, ranging from working with my wife, like you said, 
to my brother, my brother-in-law, working with friends. And I've had good partnerships and I've had disastrous partnerships. I remember one of my disastrous partnerships was when I was a partner in a mortgage bank. On paper, it looked like a great fit. The guy who had started that mortgage bank, he came to me and he said, Chris, listen, you're good at the things I'm not, and I'm good at the things that you're not. And I think that if we we bond together, we can make something really special out of this thing. And he was right and he was wrong. We grew that thing and set records when everybody else was closing their doors at the tail end of the, of the Great Recession. But with that rapid and explosive growth, it started to expose all of the differences that we had in leadership and in vision. And we had never taken the time to find out if we would work well together. We never took the time to find out if we were aligned in our vision. We never took the time to find out if we had similar leadership styles or not. And it became such a divide that I ended up selling my portion of that mortgage bank back to he and the other partners because it had gotten too toxic to stay in. Now, that lesson, that stuck with me for a long time. Because every other partnership I've ever had since, before I went into partnership, I did one of two things. Number one, I either did an experimental project with them first. Hey, instead of starting a company together, why don't we just go to this one big event first and see how we work well together? Or hey, instead of starting this thing together, why don't we just go do this one project together and and see how we operate when the bullets are live, so to speak? That's the first thing. The second thing is when I know I want to go into partnership. I will sit down ahead of time before going into that partnership with the potential partner. And we will put everything on the table that might be a trigger, that might be a problem, that might end up being a divide, that might end up being a difference. And talking through, are these things that we're going to be able to live with? Or are these things that once everything is live and has a lot of momentum could become a great big divide? You know, when... I started Frello, the peer-to-peer lending app. I knew I needed a tech-minded partner to be able to bring this thing to life because I never woke up wanting to be in tech. There was never a day in my life I said, I want to create an app. It's not my acumen. So I knew I needed that better half, so to speak. I went to my partner, my now partner, Matt, who had just built and sold a massive nine-figure tech company. And I said, hey, man, here's my vision I want to make sure that we can create a two-sided marketplace that helps people who are in a financial jam and and keeps them out of payday loan stores and and takes the financial panic out of people. And I want to create this two-sided marketplace where people, by investing in them, can make a nice return on their money. But to do this, I need your help. And he loved the vision. And he said, if you can sell my team on this, because he had retained his team when he sold his company, he said, if you can sell my team on this, then I'm in. So I presented it to their team. They loved the altruistic vision of it and they were in, therefore he was in. So instead of just starting right there and saying, great, we're in, we're off to the races. He and I booked a trip to Miami. We put ourselves in a beautiful resort for a few days and we spent the next three days sitting by the pool, putting on the table everything that might be a trigger that might be a problem, talking about our boundaries, talking about things in life that are important to us that we don't plan on changing, even though we're going to get busy building some of the most disruptive fintech that banking has ever seen. 
And at the end of that trip, we had talked through every single thing that might rear its ugly head and had either mitigated it ahead of time or had said, yes, I can accept that trait about you. Now that you've told it to me, I agree not to get triggered by it. And guess what? It works. The few things I do that probably trigger him, the couple things he might do that might trigger me, now they're not problems. Now they're not triggers because we sat there and disclosed them and agreed that now that we know the truth about each other, we're entering into this relationship, into this partnership, accepting of those things, not demanding that they change. That's the key to setting up a great partnership that can succeed in the long run, not just because it looks good on paper. How do you divide up roles with partnerships? You know, the best thing about a partnership is they should be complementary to each other. So there's probably going to be a significant amount of roles where he or she is good at one, two, and three, and you are not good at those things. You're good at A, B, and C, and they are not good at those things. So let that be the low-hanging fruit that you start with in dividing up the roles. Then anything that has overlap, anything where either one of you could be great at doing it, sit down and have an honest conversation. One year from now, which one of us is going to be happiest doing this? Or even though we could both do this, should we be hiring this out? Should we be letting somebody else do it? I think one of the biggest traps in life is doing something just because you can do it, when in fact, you probably should be letting somebody else do it. So you can do the few precision ninja level things that you were meant to be doing. When you're looking for a business partner, what do you look for? Or what should people be asking themselves? And I think you can answer that with, A, what, here's what I look for. But B, here's my red flags at the same time. What am I watching out for? When you're looking for a business partner, besides sitting down to make sure that you're aligned on the vision, besides sitting down and making sure that you are aligned on leadership styles, you need to make sure that you are choosing somebody who is in the same stage of you as you in life. What I mean is, if you are in a sprint and you're ready to, to build your legacy project and somebody else is, is in the stage of their life or they're not ready for that or they've already done that and they're looking to slow down, inevitably, those two different paces are going to cause a problem in that working relationship. When you are sprinting, when you are full speed ahead, you need your team and you need your partners to keep up. You can't be in a sprint if you're dragging everybody along with you. So one of the most overlooked things is that conversation about, hey, potential partner, what stage are you in in life? Are we sprinting? Is this a marathon? What are your goals? And making sure that that pace is aligned. And I know a lot of people right now feel like they're supposed to have a partner and it almost might just appeal on paper because, you know, 50% of the things are going to someone else. This is great. Who shouldn't have a partner? I think most people, even though I've got the world's greatest business partner, I think most people should try to build their business without a partner at first. And instead, hiring out those deficiencies, hiring out those weaknesses. Hiring out the things that you shouldn't be doing so that you can stick to the things you should be doing. Because in the long run, 
it is much cheaper for you to find a great team member and employee than it is for you to give up 25% or 50% of your company too early. And there's much more danger when it comes time to separate when you have an employee versus a partnership. When you got a partnership, it's like getting a messy divorce. When it's an employee, it's easier to go your separate ways and hire again. Do you have an activity that helps set those boundaries or helps bring to light those things? Because I know you say like you guys sat around a pool. Was there a specific exercise you did to, to come to those things or was it truly just we're brainstorming? It truly was just bearing our souls and talking about what we think will trigger us and what we think we do that trigger other people. It was raw honesty saying, hey, if we're going to build a billion dollar company together, we better know all the things in the closet, so to speak. But one of the most important things that people could and should be doing is each of you go out and take a personality assessment and then talk about those results. Where do they intersect? Where might there be problems? Reach out to my friend, Tracy O'Malley. She is an Enneagram expert. Enneagram is one of the greatest ways that you can learn about the people you work with. Learn about what their traits are that they just can't help, that they just can't change so that you can make a good choice. Hey, am I willing to live with this moving forward? Or is this not the right choice for me as a partner or as an employee? When somebody says, here's my report, here's who I am at the core, here's how I operate. If you say yes to them as an employee or a partner, and then you don't like those traits, that's your fault. If somebody doesn't disclose what those traits are, and if you don't ask what those traits are, then it's both of your faults. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.